Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm glad that you decided to come in and listen. Um, For those of you that may be in danger, if you're a victim of domestic violence, please do not listen to the podcast. Hang up, dial 911, get a safety plan in order. Um, I really, you know, don't want to, nobody wants you to listen if you're in um, danger and you need help. Um, The next thing I want to mention is the domestic violence uh, hotline number. It is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. If you're just looking for an advocate or someone that, you know, you want to talk to about a shelter or getting some help, they are the place to call. They are the national hotline for domestic violence, um, and they, they'll connect you to your state and, you know, for somebody that can help you in your area. Um, so, but today's podcast, I have a very special guest. Her name is Laura Mosley. She is a domestic violence survivor, and she is also a advocate uh, for domestic violence. And she came on the podcast today to talk about her story and her experience and give some advice um, on, you know, how to get away from uh, domestic violence and, you know, what it, you know, what you can do to survive and thrive after violence. So, um, I'm going to get her permission. Hey, Laura, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so I do have your permission to record the podcast. Okay. And, uh, so we'll get started. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let you have the platform and let you talk about your story and, um, your survival and how you were able to break free from violence. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate again, you having me on. I, I, It's a very big honor to to talk with you today. Um, Again, my name is Laura Mosley. I am a single mom of three children. Two of them are adults. One of them's a teenager. God help me. (laughs) And um, I work for a social services organization. um, So I get to help people every day, which is great. But I am also a survivor of sexual and domestic abuse over 23 years of it. And um, I did get out, thankfully, but uh, my story begins um, not with my abusive marriage, but with uh, when I was 16 years old, um, I had a big crush on a senior and every sophomore age high school girl wants to go out with a senior. Um, And luckily, I thought for me, he had a crush on me as well. We dated a little bit. It was something like out of a teenage romance story. It was it was great um, until um, we went on a date one night and then stopped and kind of made out. And I told him, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not ready for sex because he wanted to go a little further than I wanted to. Um, so what happened next was he got mad, acted like he was going to drive me home, went in the complete opposite direction, um, shoved me out of the car. And I thought, oh, great. Well, I'm going to have to walk home. I just made him mad. Well, he wasn't shoving me out of the car to make me walk home. He, uh, at that point, decided to rape me and take what he wanted. Um, So that's kind of where my trauma started. Um, Unfortunately, at age 16 with uh, dating violence. But I think being a slightly damaged person, I really didn't date a whole lot. Um, until maybe a little bit my senior year, I just mainly concentrated on my studies, on being a a good student, getting into college. And um, 
it was at the end of my high school career that I met the uh, man that I would eventually marry um, that was my abuser. I was 18, he was 20. Uh, we dated for a little while and found out we were pregnant, uh, married at 19 and 21, and had our first uh, child and then had to move in with his mom. Wasn't the most ideal situation, but, um, and it started off just like every um, young marriage does. You're very much in love. Um, you um, disagree a little bit, especially if you were raised a little bit differently, each person. And um, so we, you know, we'd argue a little bit, and I thought that was completely normal. Married couples argue, not a problem. And it, and it, it really wasn't too terrible. I mean, he put me down or um, belittle me a little bit, call me names. But it wasn't until our our first child turned about 18 months that he got more violent. I think that was the point where I felt like that started. Um, I said something he did not like. Uh, I think I made a, a smart allegy or snide comment. Um, and he grabbed what I thought was supposed to be my shirt, but actually was part of my breast, shoved me up against the wall and um, bruised me up pretty badly. So I was devastated. Of course, later on that evening, he was oh so sorry. Um, he just got really in the moment and upset. And of course I forgave him and it just, it, it went on from there. And my marriage, um, we lived with my mother-in-law for a while. We got our own place. Things started looking up. Um, I finished college, got a really good job. Thought things were going the way that they were supposed to. But every so often, arguments, put downs, jealousy, things like that. It got a little physical. Um, we welcomed two more children after that. And um, it really wasn't until, um, until my youngest child was born where it got super, super physical. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize, especially if they've never been through abuse or even if you have, um, abuse isn't always physical, even if it's emotional or verbal, anything like that. Abuse is abuse, especially if it's doled out over and over and over. Um, but unfortunately, I did experience some physical. Um, found out I was pregnant with my third child, which is our last child, and um, he accused me of, of trying to trap him, which really puzzled me because I don't know how to trap somebody you're already married to, but. Definitely, my third child was not planned. Um, none of them were, but we already had a boy and a girl, so he didn't want any more children. Uh, this was totally, totally a surprise, wasn't planned. So he tortured me all through my pregnancy, didn't get physical with me then really so much. It was more emotional and verbal, and, and when you're a hormonal pregnant woman, it just makes it worse. So. Once I had the baby, um, all of it, and, and, and about a month prior to me having the baby, I guess the baby wasn't really real until he finally got guilted into going to an ultrasound and saw the baby, and um, then was all excited about it, ironically, which kind of a, weirded me out a little bit, but then I was excited that he was excited, but so we, we got to, I had to have a C-section because um, my youngest child decided to sit in my pelvis like it was a hammock. So 
after the C-section and I didn't realize how huge of a surgery that was, I was on a heavy, heavy pain medication um, because they cut through so many layers to, you know, to birth that baby that um, he took off two weeks to take care of me. Um, and into the second evening of me being home, he disappeared on me. And um, I had to struggle to get up to get me another uh, dose of pain meds. Finally got into the kitchen and found my pain medicine bottle was completely empty. He had taken all of it. And unbeknownst to me, um, prior to this, was starting to become an alcoholic and liked pain medication. And um, so I was going to report him and then I thought better of it because I was afraid that when he would go to jail, he was the main provider at that point. Uh, I thought I might get my kids taken away from me. All these horrible thoughts went through my head, so I did nothing. But I had to heal from the pain, and that was probably the worst pain I've had ever had to endure. Um, and uh, my oldest child was trying to help me by cooking dinner. And as I'm sitting there fretting about that medication, it's like, Mom, I overheard Dad talk to our uncle, and... Um, they were going to split it and possibly sell it. So that really, really upset me. So after I got all healed up from that and went through postpartum depression, I started realizing that that wasn't, that wasn't normal life. Life was not supposed to be like that. That wasn't love. He was supposed to be taking care of me. I was supposed to be healing. So it seems like after that point, um, Things started getting worse physically to the point where we'd separated and gotten back together probably five times total. I know the national average is like seven. And, um, you know, I've been in physical altercations, tried to keep myself to where I was home all the time so he would not take things out on the kids. We had, we got to the point where we're like, oh, you did this. Okay, well, we're just not going to mention it to daddy because we don't want to make him mad. Um, you know, having to walk on eggshells and and um, do everything, keep the house super clean to make sure that he was, he was okay, make sure his dinner was on the table, things of that nature. And um, got to the final point where in September of 2017, he started getting really jealous. I had a health condition where I needed, um, I had gallstones. I needed gallbladder uh, removal surgery. Didn't have the insurance, so I had to go on virtually a fat-free diet. So eating that way and then going to the gym to help me feel better and less exhausted, I lost a lot of weight and uh, started feeling great. And of course I had to hear about how I was getting skinny for someone else, which is code for abusers where they're actually admitting to you they've cheated on you but you're not to cheat on them didn't know that till after the fact either and had to assure him no no I'm not doing I'm doing that to feel better I've got to stay healthy for you guys I have to stay healthy to take care of you and to take care of the kids and um he got so jealous and got some kind of story concocted in his head that in September of 2017 um I was so sick with stress one day I stayed home didn't call and tell him he came home early and found me at home thought I was waiting for somebody I don't know who you wait for 
and sweats and a t-shirt and with your hair in a messy bun, but okay. And um, I was completely sick with stress and he got so mad and argued that he shot at me, did not hit me. But um, the next day I was trying to pacify him, make sure everything was perfect as I normally tried to do. And uh, things got heated, he drank and drank and drank. And as the night went on, we had a cookout things of that nature and it just got so heated he uh, argued with me I was trying to walk away to keep from arguing with him Um, he ended up hitting my daughter I got in between them he hit me um, and my 10 year old son at the time my youngest son witnessed that um, and ran into the house Luckily, my middle child took him out of the house into a friend's house at that point. Um, He then proceeded to um, beat my head into the ground uh, to the point of having me going unconscious and and getting a concussion. And um, my, my middle child called my oldest child. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is part two of Laura Mosley's story. So I'm going to let Laura have the mic. Go ahead, Laura. Okay. I think where I left off was uh, my middle child had called my oldest child. um, And my oldest child was about an hour away at a friend's house. Mm -hmm. And um, was speeding, trying to get back uh, to our house because she had told him what was going on and on his way back he called the police so um, in very short time my oldest child got back got in between uh, his dad and I and the police showed up and at that point when eight officers showed up uh, my then husband decided to flee on foot out the back door um, to try and get away I guess um so um, the story ends with uh, myself and my daughter having to go to the ER. I did end up with a concussion, um, one of many that I had received from him over the course of our marriage to the point where it's turned into a traumatic brain injury for me. I have a bruised brain, so it makes it very hard for me to concentrate and uh, remember things and think sometimes. Um, but. And, uh, you know, I, I've, from, from the abuse that I received from him, had lost most of the hearing in my left ear. I still have some hearing in my right. Um, so for all instances of purposes, I guess I am now disabled, although I'm trying not to let that stop me. Um, but my story doesn't end there. I had to um, endure my abuser fleeing on foot, being on the news, which was very embarrassing and humiliating. And my poor neighbors um, coming outside their homes to see what was going on. But uh, the very next day, after having been in the ER most of the night and very little sleep, I had to attend court um, and do one of the scariest things I've ever had to do, um, stand up 
while my abuser is glaring at me and and tell the judge that I feared for my life. And, you know, I would rather walk barefooted on hot coals or speak naked in front of, you know, the House of Representatives than have ever have to do that again. But it, it was something that I did and I felt relief after I did it, but you know, my, my abuser went on to go to jail, was released, and um, I had to put a protective order in place and then um, had to, uh, he violated that three more times, went to jail two more times. So um, what a lot of people don't realize is one of the most dangerous times for an abuse victim or survivor is when they leave the relationship because they no longer know what's going on, what that other, what the abuser's doing, what they're thinking, what they're planning. So that can be one of the most dangerous things you go through. And, and it was scary. And um, each time he violated, I had to, you know, make another police report. And, you know, sadly, I could kind of see the officers wanting to be helpful, but at the same time going, good grief, this again. So thankfully now, um, even though I still struggle financially, I have peace in my home. I don't have to dread coming home. I don't have to keep my rear end at work all the time. Um, my children and I have peace and no violence. Wow. And, you know, and it, it's great. And I, it's hard to leave. Um, I would recommend that if somebody can leave safely, that going no contact because you have to have time to almost detox from all the toxicity that you were um was put upon you during your abuse that it was actually the first couple months i didn't want to get out of bed and after that i did and and there's this great big wide world because you can do what you need to do you can do what you want to do you can be safe and it's it's great but it, it takes it takes some work to get there wow. and you know, it's not for the faint of heart, I guess. But, you know, if we survived what we survived, we don't have a faint heart. So. Right. Um, and that was kind of like my last question to ask you, you know, what would you say to young girls if they're listening to the podcast right now you know if they're in caught up in domestic violence and you know they are being a victim right now <clears throat> the biggest thing is what's that defining moment you know that might reach out to them you know what i mean like with your voice right. you know and may let them know you know you're not alone you, you know you can get out of abuse you don't have to live this way your life is worth it um, but you basically right. answered it so um, tell us what you got going on because, you know, I know you do a blog and then you're also, uh, involved in Laura's Law. So. I, I am. <clears throat> I, I do have a blog. That was one of the things that my abuser never let me do was write. I started off our relationship. I was going to school for journalism. I wanted to be a writer. He never let me do that because it didn't focus on him. But now um, I get to write a blog. It's very healing. I get to tell people what I went through, what my thoughts are about current laws or, or things going on in the world. And hopefully something that I say on my blog resonates with, with you know, a survivor that maybe they'll go, wow, well, I thought that too, or I never thought about it that way. But I do have that. It's called the DV Walking Wounded, DV as in domestic violence. Um, it's actually dvwalkingwounded.me. I thought the .me was very appropriate because 
people often wonder, am I being abused? Is it me? No, um, it's not you. And um, you probably are. If you're wondering about it, you probably are being abused. But I also have a, a, a Facebook group, um, inspirational Facebook group, uh, call, also called the DV Walking Wounded. And I picked Walking Wounded because even though Walking Wounded a lot of times um, signifies veteran survivors mm-hmm. um, of like wars, we mm-hmm. are domestic violence war survivors. We have the same things, PTSD and complex PTSD, that I thought it was just very appropriate. I just happened to put DV on the front of it so people would know the difference. And um, as far as Laura's law is concerned, um, there was another lady <clears throat> in the same same town who, ironically, her name is Laura. And her name is actually Laura Russell. Um, probably a year prior to my incident, she was trying to survive from being abused by her husband um did everything right put all protective orders in in place called the police every time that you know he violated and unfortunately um there's not a lot of stringent laws that tell judges what they can and can't do so it's kind of open to the judge's interpretation of what they can do to hold abusers and since there wasn't a lot of, of legislation to back the judge up, he let her abuser go. The man got out of jail and went to her house and killed her. So, and then killed himself, unfortunately. Um, nobody should have had to die, but they left behind a very beautiful daughter. And she's had to live with that trauma and grief, you know, since then being basically without parents. Right. And... The, the ironic thing was that it made the national news and my then husband was going to be put in front of the same judge with my name being Laura. I'm thinking, oh my Lord, am I going to die too? Mm. Is this how it's going to be? And and it scared me. But at the time that they were trying to push this through, they determined that there wasn't enough interest. And we both know since then, it seems like every day on the news, every time I turn on the news or read online news uh, woman killed by ex-boyfriend woman killed by intimate partner um, that shouldn't happen mm-hmm. it should not happen at all and uh, so I've stewed about it for a while and I decided I'm you know what I'm after the pandemic and local women a couple local women um, that my advocate friends and I were speaking of they died shouldn't mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. so you know we I decided to revive Laura's Law, and I what I did is um, it's on change.org. You can go on there and sign it. You don't necessarily have to be a resident of Indiana because many states don't have real strict, stringent legislation on protecting uh, victims, on keeping and holding abusers to prosecute. So yeah, I would check that out on your own state if you're not a resident of Indiana, but you can sign it. But I decided to direct that to um, our new state representative who had taken the place of the man that had originally tried to originate Laura's Law and his name is uh, Representative Zach Payne and I, two hours from the time that I put the petition on there on change.org one Sunday morning two hours from that point he reached out to me on Facebook and wanted to talk to me which was amazing I mean sitting there watching the petition get signed going from 1 to 5 to 20 to 50 to, you know, 200 signers 
was just so exciting and amazing. So I know I'm not the only one that sees it. I know that other people know that we need it. Right. So, you know, and I, and I have since, since spoken with him and he's very much behind that. And, and he and I are going to work with two other organizations to make sure that there's no loopholes, that we're not giving them a get out of jail free card, mm-hmm. that victims can be safer and, and, and abusers can be held and, and, Things can be, you know, conducted safely and, and help the abuser stay in jail and, and the victim get away right, right. <laughs> and move on to be- bigger and better things. Right. Well, I myself appreciate your voice and I'm so proud that you've come onto the podcast, even though it's t- taken us <laughs> about three or four different recordings to get you <laughs> settled. And then it's also taken us what about six or seven months to get you actually on here or something That's to okay. that. But, um, yeah, me and Laura had spoke, um, maybe like back when I had COVID, um, I think I had just got COVID and so times were just all sketchy for me and and i took a little bit of a hiatus a little bit of a break from the podcast uh uh as far as inviting guests on and so i'm just very thankful and grateful that laura stuck it out with me and was very patient and uh she came on to talk about all this and uh you know your story will will change and resonate uh with so many women i I just believe that um it may change their minds you know and they might be like well you know that Laura Mosley story really resonated with me. And you know what? I'm going to get in a safe environment. I'm going to get my children in a safe environment. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about uh, women getting protection from violence. And also men. I mean, you know, there's men out here that are also involved in domestic violence. And, you know, they need to, they need to get out and get in a safe environment as well. But um, thank you again, Laura. And um, right here at the end of the podcast, I want to say one thing know your worth know that you're beautiful um know that there is a way out and that you're not alone in domestic violence and also uh if you want to support the podcast uh you can go to uh, a cash app that i created that's only for the podcast and it will the money will go to promote laura's podcast with me uh the podcast uh, cash app is survivor podcast 43 if anyone out there is wanting to do that uh please feel free if it's not but a dollar um it will go to help the podcast grow um also um give us a review go on itunes or spotify wherever you listen to the podcast give us a a a star rating and and a nice review if you don't mind um that would really help the podcast as well but um anyways guys i really love you so much and thank you so much for all your support and love and listening to the podcast and um i hope you guys have a great day and a beautiful tomorrow and i will talk to you on the next podcast bye everyone